Welcome to another edition of Idaho Catholic Podcast. Today we have John Allen and your host, Mike Roberts, and we're going to talk about virtue and what does the Catholic Church have to say about virtue? How does it impact our lives? What are the virtues? How many virtues are there? John. 27. <laughs> and counting. 42. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer to everything, right? <laughs> uh, well, John, kick it off. What do you got for us today? Well, uh, today I had the um, opportunity to uh, talk to our RCIA class about uh, virtues um, and uh, introducing them to the topic of virtue versus vice and how to overcome vices. Right. But one of the resources that we, we used tonight was from a website, um, and I highly recommend people check this out. It was, it was a great breakdown of um, a description of uh, the virtues. There are different types of virtues and, um, you know, categorized a little bit differently. Um, and so I want to give the website out, and maybe you can do it a little bit later on too, but um, yeah. the website is www.catholicbible101.com slash thevirtues.htm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you could actually just go to catholicbible101.com if that's easier for you, and then just do a search for virtues, and that should pull up that page. If, if you got lost there trying to write down that entire <laughs> site, right? Just catholicbible101.com. And then search for virtues that should get you there. Yeah. So anyway, um, it, it did a great job of kind of like breaking down, um, talking about virtues, uh, what we think about uh, in uh, as being virtuous, um, but how we kind of struggle to even name them and, and kind of why that is. And um, anyway, so it, it breaks things, virtues down in uh three different categories okay one is the one is the cardinal virtues and there's four of those uh, the next type is the theological virtues there's only three of those and and actually you'll probably remember these the quickest and easiest because we do this all the time and you recognize it right away as soon as we hit that and then we've got the capital virtues which there's seven of those and now those ones, the capital virtues, are the keys to overcoming the seven deadly sins. So you'll hear like the seven deadly sins. One is lust, greed, you know, all of those sorts of things. Well, what is the antidote? What is the, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, how do you overcome lust or this, that, or the other thing? So what's kind of neat is, is that, there's kind of a neat parallel that I, I like to, to see in this is that let's take, for instance, the 10 commandments. Okay. So we're given the 10 commandments mm -hmm. and um, you know, I can't name them all off, but you know, I can recognize them right away. Okay. <laughs> but what, what it's really neat is, is that with the 10 commandments, it's pretty easy. They're um, they're a quick uh, list of rules of what you shall do and shan't do, right? And so it's really easy to identify what you what is a good thing and what's a bad thing and how you should and shouldn't act, right? 
Um, so it's, it's a really quick go-to. Um, and so what did Jesus do, though, at the end of things? When, um, when he was passing on things to us, he left us with how many um, commandments? Two, right? <laughs> he says, yeah, he summed them up. Yeah, the, the yeah. two most important things are, are what? To love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So he took probably, um, well, a list of, of rules of do's and don'ts that are pretty, you know, really black and white and probably really, really easy to follow. And he distills them all down to two that are super easy to remember but really, really difficult to put into practice. Because how do you live that? How do you do this? You know, maybe it's easy to say, okay, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and all of this. But how do I actually do that? Yeah. How does the rubber meet the road? And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Oh my gosh. You know, that's easy to say, but really, really difficult to do. And so this is kind of parallel with that in that the virtues and vices, um, it's, it's really easy to have the list of seven deadly sins. Okay, these are things you shouldn't do. Okay, well, so parallel to that, the virtues are the things that you should do to counteract that. Right. So just covering those really quick is uh, chastity. Um, that is, uh, you know, overcomes the sin of lust. Um, it not only moderates our desire for physical acts of sexual pleasure, but it also helps us to overcome the thoughts which precede these impure actions. So this is a great way to, when you notice you're kind of heading down that, that route, what you need to do to stop that and to counteract it. Um, the next one is generosity, which is overcoming the sin of greed. You know, this virtue involves us really, you know, looking at what we can do in donating our, our not only our, only our money, but our time and our talents, um, and also giving away our possessions. So yeah. if you remember uh, the story about the, you know, the rich young man that came to Jesus and said, hey, you know, I've been following all the commandments. What do I need to do to kind of guarantee my spot? You know, I, I really want to follow along and, and get in on this. And Jesus says, well, give away all your stuff. And what does he do? He's crestfallen and he goes away mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I got to give all away my stuff. So, um, so the, the thing to think about here, this, this is exactly what, what Jesus was talking about. Um, uh, but it's also important to remember that philanthropy in this regard is not giving out of our surpluses. It, it's giving, um, it, it involves personal sacrifice. So if you remember the story also of the widow who gives her last two couple of pennies at the synagogue, and Jesus remarks about how incredible that was that she gave so much more than all of these other people combined because she gave basically of, of what she didn't have, right? She really sacrificed what was dear and near to her. So anyway, um, trying to bust through these really quick. So uh, just- You're doing, yeah, doing great. Um, and then uh, temperance. Um, this is the- uh, uh, one of the That's one of the cardinals. Virtues, yeah. Yeah. To, to overcome the sin of gluttony. 
um, yeah, this is, a, it's also, so you'll see things pop up. It's not only a cardinal virtue, but it's a, a capital virtue as well. Um, and what's, we'll get to this in a little bit later on, but it's, it's just basically how you kind of distill things down a little bit and uh, kind of in the parallel with the, uh, you know, the 10 commandments of distilling those down, right? So anyway, um, this temperance is an internal virtue. Okay, so it's not relating to the external stuff. It's in, inside you. It's the fortitude that uh, helps us keep going. Uh, well, fortitude helps us keep going in the midst of adversity, so that external mm. pressure. Yeah. Temperance, on the other hand, uh, helps us stop in the midst of pleasure. Okay, so when we're having a good time, and when you ask yourself, do I really need that next, uh, you know, slice of uh, banana cream pie or, you know, that next three or four beers, <laughs> well, you know, you got other things. And, yeah. and what, what it remarks in, in this too is that, you know, in the, in the world that we live in, you hear this all the time with, you know, live life to the fullest, uh, carpe diem, you know, seize the day. Uh, what is the Taco Bell that... Taco Bell, one of their uh, <laughs> marketing things is live moss, right? Yeah. So, so we get getting deep this all the time. Getting deep there. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, temperance is, is really the, uh, you know, looking at that and, and looking at what are the things that, that are important to us and, and what are we, what are we really doing with our, <laughs> with right. our time and, and whatnot. Anyway, uh, moving on is brotherly love. So this could be chastity. This could be love, you know, so this, um, this overcomes the sin of envy. And, and this is being genuinely happy for the success of others. Um, can, I, uh, can, I, Bishop, well, can I stop oh, you right there? Yeah. I, I heard something kind of funny I heard at, about envy. I was listening to Bishop Barron give a talk on the seven deadly sins and seven lively virtues. And mm -hmm. he said that, with envy, um, basically, when someone else succeeds, something inside me dies. That's when you know. <laughs> I just, right. I, I thought that was so funny. Something inside me dies. <laughs> yeah, but I, how many times has this happened to me? That you know, I'll see the good fortune of, say, like my brother. My brother is really successful in what he does. Um, you know, he's got. Uh, he's living a great life and has, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of material things that come his way. And I'm just always just so surprised of, of these things that come, come and go with him. And I often find myself like, geez, you know, we're trying really hard too. <laughs> How uh -huh. come I can't have the, you know, this thing or that thing. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I really got to catch myself and think of, you know, gosh, what, it, what is going on with me? What is driving this motivation in me to, to be envious of my brother? And, and I really started thinking in terms of what, what helped me was thinking in terms of like my own children. If, if my kids were to, you know, one of my children were to win a really prestigious award, would I be envious of him? No, I, I would be so happy of his success, right? Because yes. his, his success, <laughs> I guess, I don't know, maybe there's a sin of living vicariously through your, <laughs> your children's lives, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, but, um, 
but uh, really recognizing that uh, the success of others and having pure heartfelt joy right. of their success and, and reveling now, in oh, their success. Yeah. Now, no, I, I actually heard, um, uh, when, when I, one time I was, when I was actually in the confession box and I was confessing sin of envy and the priest stopped me and he said, listen, what you're describing there really isn't envy. He said, he was telling me that envy is really when, and the reason I'm asking this, telling this is because I, I want to see if this lines up with what, what your, your research is. But um, he said that envy is really more when you want that person, when you want to go hurt that person, when you want to go take away what they have. Um, like stealing it or sabotaging something. And when you're almost to the point of when you're, you're planning to do something like that, that's where you broach envy. Otherwise, if you're just kind of jealous of them, that's jealousy, mm-hmm. which is not, not a de- one of the, one of the, the deadly or mortal sins of envy, but it would be more a, um, a venial sin of jealousy. Is that, does that line up with what you've, but in your research, yeah, I could. I guess I could see that. Um, I guess from the sense of um, you know coveting. Well, I get maybe that's the difference between looking at it in terms of uh, uh, like the Ten Commandments versus vice and virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, you know it can be um, uh, you know. Uh, it could be something along the lines of you're uh, violating uh, maybe one of the 10 commandments in uh, coveting something. Yeah. Um, so I think, I, I guess I would identify that more as, as coveting versus uh, uh, envy o- over something. Now, envy in itself, I guess it's not so bad in the sense of um, um, that, uh, you know, appreciation for what others have. Say if you have uh wow, you know, gosh, you, uh, Mike, you've got a really sweet guitar. I love that. I, you know, I, I'd really love that too, you know, and, and uh, gosh, I, I wish I had one of those for my own, mm-hmm. you know, so that's, I guess, you know, admiring something isn't so, uh, yeah, so bad, but when you get to the point of when you're coveting it, it becomes, So uh, I guess, okay, so flip it around the other way. What about, um, what about the difference between appreciating a really good looking, uh, person, uh, versus pornography? Okay. Where, so oftentimes you'll hear that what is, what's the problem with pornography? It's not that it shows too much. It's that it shows too little. So what it does with pornography, it strips away all of the other things that go along with, uh, with the sexual act, with a marital act. What things go along with a marital act? You have commitment, you have love, you have admiration, you have, uh, oh, geez, just uh, responsibility. Mm-hmm. You have all of these things that are attached to the marital act. With pornography... The problem with pornography is it strips everything else away. It objectifies the other person and 
in the end of it, really all you're doing is it's your own sexual gratification. It, it, it doesn't reward the other person. It doesn't recognize the other person as other. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it doesn't recognize them at all other than object. And so I guess objectification. So I guess with envy, if you're, if, if it comes to that point where you're objectifying that and it, it, it starts to rule your roost, so to speak, then, um, then you got some problems, you know, does, yeah, that, that, does that make sense? Yeah, that, no, that's, that's what I was thinking too, as far as that there are varying degrees of all these um, capital sins. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there it's, um, I, I it kind of reminds me of what's the, you know, h- how far do you go with pride before it becomes mortal versus venial? Mm-hmm. Well, just don't do it. Just don't have, just don't, <laughs> don't go anywhere near it. You know, practice humility. I'm kind of stealing your thunder on that one. I should have waited, but <laughs> no, it- um, you're segueing for me, so this is yeah. Good. Okay, let's lead right into that one. Pride. Tell us about pride. <laughs> well, the next one is meekness. So meekness overcomes the sin of anger. So there's a difference, and and I think this leads into our discussion too. A subtle nuance between anger. Okay, there's just anger. All right. So yeah. For example, Jesus comes into the temple. He fashions a whip and he chases everybody away. You know all of the. Uh, uh, you know, people that are selling trinkets and whatever, you know, he, he, so there you have a virtuous anger, right? He's right. trying to get uh, his father's health in order. Okay. So there's that versus a sin of anger out of uh, uh, impatience or a resentment of somebody else. Yeah. So, yeah. So by meekness is it's, uh, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth. And I've often heard it said, well, who would want it? <laughs> who would want the earth, right? <laughs> but really what it's getting down to is that, you know, that anger, that outburst, you know, it, it's a sound, it's a sense of uh, um, you don't have control over yourself. You don't have control over your senses. And, and really you become a puppet. Um, in reaction right. to the world around you versus having control over yourself and, and operating with some reason. Um, you know, it's really yeah. easy. Um, uh, a little while ago, so I, I've been um, recuperating from surgery and, um, you know, just out of sheer boredom, I'm on YouTube all the time. And, um, you know, every once in a while it'll throw up uh, so, for example, there was one time, uh, uh, you know, bad drivers, you know, or, or uh, uh, yeah, bad drivers in the United States, people doing some stupid stuff and cutting people off or whatever. And so I click on this video and watch it. Well, then it recommends another video like that. And so I watched that one. And next thing I know, I've just got this endless stream of bad driver videos, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there clicking through them and watching them all. You know? And yeah. some of them I'm feeling kind of like getting my ire up because it's like, I can't believe somebody would do this. You know, anyway, so in the middle of this, I realized what is the stupid garbage that I'm putting in my head? 
And why am I wasting, you know, three to 10 minutes of my life watching this junk? And, uh, and oftentimes I, I started recognizing that, you know, even in those videos, if the person would have just backed off just a little bit and had maybe a little compassion for somebody else, there wouldn't have been a problem. You know, so like every single one, I started watching these and like every single issue could have been avoided by not being a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was my spot. And, you know, so anyway, practicing some meekness, like it, it's, it's a public road. It's not your road. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. But anyway, so. Um, yeah. One of the differences between the anger that I oftentimes am guilty of is it's, it's an outburst. It's a sudden, okay, I'm doing fine. And then boom, you, you, you know, you, you push me past my threshold and I'm, I'm, I'm angry. Whereas with Jesus, his was very calculated. You know, he, he, he knows this has been going on in the temple for probably a long time. He's known about the debauchery going on there. Um, the, and, and it, it, you, you hit it when you, you quoted it, but you know, oftentimes you just glaze over the fact that he actually sat down. Scripture says he sat down and braided a cord. This was not a sudden flash <laughs> yeah. of outburst of anger. This was a measured response to what was going on in the in the temple. So it wasn't it like it. Oftentimes, I think we, I, I can I can see people justifying their anger um, when, when it's not justifiable, you know, it needs to be, right. anger needs to be calculated and measured against an evil. Um, right, not, right. not some sort of your, you flipped your lid and you're not even thinking clearly and you do some sort of something rash. That's not what Jesus's right. anger was about. It wasn't a rash outburst. Thank you for bringing that up. That, I mean, that's a great, great line and and when i'm looking at this paragraph a little bit further it talks about you know when jesus was confronted with an angry mob who tortured him and killed him he not only didn't open his mouth he prayed for them instead and that is our model for how we should do things as well um, so there is such a thing as just anger like when jesus cleared the temple but a lot of people get angry today over money possessions or other things. Uh, in other words, save your anger for real injustices. Right. So, let, yeah. let it motivate you to go to a pro-life march because you're, you, 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 you see this grotesque evil of abortion and you say, that, that just ticks me off. I am angry about that. Yeah. Now, that you don't go – you don't take that anger and go in front of an abortion clinic and yell at girls that are coming in. That is not a good expression of that anger. Throwing rocks is you, never a good thing. Right. You, you, <laughs> you use that, that anger and you focus it into something productive, like a pro-life march, like uh, working for your local um, pregnancy crisis center, um, for giving to those causes. You, you, have, you have to focus your anger in a righteous yeah. way. If I can dovetail off of that too, just really quickly – just speaking to, to folks out there that may um, have a view of abortion as okay, or in some circumstances, maybe it's justifiable. Um, 
prior to becoming Catholic, um, you know, I have to admit, I um, have been affected by abortion myself. Um, and at the time, uh, you know, I really viewed it of like, well, yeah, you know, the woman's choice and this isn't, uh, this isn't a good time. And, you know, all, all of the things that you hear of people justifying abortion, but I never had it explained to me in such a way as this. And what really cued me off and, and what got me mm-hmm. angry about this was that the discussion of a choice, you know, a woman's choice to decide. And so I, I, I jumped, I, I, I came across this thought because I was thinking like, well, gosh, you know, doesn't the guy have some say in the discussion a little bit, you know, kind of one right. of those, those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so then I thought, well, wait a minute, isn't there another party here that isn't being represented that doesn't have the option to, to put two cents into the discussion? Yeah. You know, it's like, and, Oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. Oh, anyway, that that yeah. was the point for me that just absolutely it didn't it didn't just kind of get me thinking. It flipped everything upside down for me of, of what I was was thinking about and operating before. So I just want to reach out to folks out there because you know obviously there's the potential that you know that this hits somebody's ears that isn't a Catholic or isn't as, isn't a that's Christian. true. That's true. And and so I just want to I just really want to reach out to those folks and 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 really um reach out to them and plead with them for to use their conscience and uh respectfully ask them to just consider all parties involved in in something like abortion. And, and you you can go all over the board with it, but at the end of the day, if you had some opportunity to jump forward in time and ask that baby, you know, at, at the age of reason at 18 or 20 or 30 or, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so what do you think? Um, you know, we were going to abort you back then. And, uh, you know, so what's your, what's your input on it? Should, should we terminate your life or no? <laughs> You know, I, yeah, so, I've, I've often just, thought of that, yeah. you know, you know, and one, one thing about abortion, if we can just make a take a rabbit trail here, you know, I was born uh, that Roe v. Wade came around. Uh, it was 1973. Um, I believe it was January, 1973. I was born in July of 1973. And I oftentimes think about how at, at the time my parents, my, my dad was in college um, they were living in slum area, concrete apartments in San Francisco, didn't have any money to have me. They, I was a welfare baby, you know, born in, on, on the government's dime. And I think back and go, wow, I was like, I mean, my parents are strongly pro-life. And my, my mom, I was talking to my mom about this at one point, and she said, I didn't even I don't even think I even knew about Roe v. Wade in 1973. You know, it wasn't even on my radar. And, you know, having an abortion wasn't even in, in, in a thought in her, in my, both my parents' minds. But wow, 
given given that circumstance, I, I often think about how just you know I'm a miracle. It's a miracle yeah. that I I wasn't aborted. You know, fast forward a decade after that, maybe, and maybe I a different situation. You know, different parents. I, I could have easily been thought of as something that wow, I cannot handle this right now. I, I can't have this child. So I, I'm one of those people speaking out that I'm glad. I'm glad that my parents didn't view the circumstances. They, 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 they speaking, and what I'm getting to here is, you know, speaking of um, virtues, right? My, my parents chose the virtue of hope as, as opposed to the vice of despair. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Mike, how many of our um, brothers and sisters aren't with us because of uh, because of abortion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've I've often thought about that. Yeah. That I I could have, I could potentially have lost my best friend to the yeah. to abortion. Yeah, and and with me, you know, quite honestly. Um, I lost a child. Mm. So how does that, how much does that suck for me now? So I, I have a you know, good if, friend if who lost a child all, too. And his, his mom took him to, to it, his mom took his girlfriend to have the abortion. Yeah. I, I just, I just can't imagine that, you know? Yeah. And, and so if it's okay, if it's, if it's all right, then uh, how come that is like, uh, you know, part of the, the dark night of my soul, you know? Why does that haunt me and why does that bother me if, it's, if it should be okay? Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, anyway. So let's get us back on topic. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, that was my fault. Like, way off there. But anyway, okay, so we were on meekness, sin of anger. Um, the next one, uh, humility. Um, this overcomes the sin of pride. Um, you know, humility is the virtue that recognizes our 100% reliance on God for all that we have or all that we ever will have. Um, everything on, uh, on earth is on loan from God including our good looks, yours more so than mine. True. Um, definitely our money, <laughs> but, but our houses and, and everything that we have. And, you know, um, all the gifts that, that any one of us have, the, the folly that we, we run into when we start assuming that we had anything to do with it other than uh, receiving a beautiful gift from God is just, um, it's just that it's a folly. Um, so yeah, we're in for a big surprise, uh, upon death. If we think that, you know, our good fortune had anything to do with us. Um, and, and remember that, uh, in Christianity, the Bible says that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. God humbles the proud and exalts the humble. Um, so get exalted and be humble. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last one is diligence. And so 
This is also known as zeal. Um, all of these, I guess, could be uh, known as, as different, uh, different terms too. So, but anyway, uh, so diligence kind of overcomes the sin of sloth. And this is the virtue that uh, helps us to fulfill our duties in life, even when it becomes tiresome or burdensome. Um, you know, remember that uh, prayer is always key for any of these things, but especially uh, in diligence, uh, because yeah. uh, just remember that all your diligence that you showed throughout your lifetime uh, towards your loved ones and, and those who you didn't love very much, remember that those will be rewarded a hundredfold. So make sure that you get in line for your rewards. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, yeah, you could redeem it now, uh, which is okay. But I'm just saying that if you wait uh, a little bit later on until the afterlife, you're going to get a bigger return on investment. So indeed, so, there's so just major that. penalties. It's like a 401k. There are major yeah, exactly. penalties, you know? Yeah. Well, if you read, if you read the, the sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters five, six, and seven, uh, Jesus talks about, you know, store up your treasure in heaven where, what, what is it? Moths and rust, oh, yeah. and, you know, right, right. cannot touch it. Thieves can't touch them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, oh, go ahead. Well, I, you know, one thing that I, th I was thinking we should have covered first was, you know, we talked about this beforehand about what using the catechism of the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And I think covering the definition of a virtue, you know, what is a virtue? How do you know if you have a virtue? And okay. Um, so if you read from chapter 18, 1803 from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it says, a virtue is an, an habitual and firm disposition to do the good. Mm -hmm. And I, I've heard it, you know, what, what Thomas Aquinas, what Aristotle would say about a virtue is that, you know, doing something one time, doing a good act one time that doesn't make you have that virtue. Right. You know, I, I took the trash out without being asked by my wife, you know, <laughs> wow, I'm such a virtuous person. Well, you know, the, uh, the 15, the, the, the 15 years before that, she had to tell me every time it was full to take it out. Well, <laughs> I took it out once. Is that making me a virtuous person? No, it means I did a virtuous act, but, that that is not a virtue. Now, if I had been doing it without being asked for fifteen years in a row, and it's just a habit, I just I'm just doing it. I'm just being good as a habit. Then that makes makes it me virtuous. So if I'm acting in zeal, you know, I have a, a wonderful prayer life. I, I go to daily mass often. I I read my I read scripture daily. I pray the rosary daily. Um, then I have, I have the, the virtue of zeal, you know, I'm, I'm getting up every morning and I'm doing this, whether I feel like it or not, mm -hmm. I have zeal for the things of God. Um, that, 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 that means I'm great in that virtue. Now, just as just the same thing can apply with a vice is if, is if you are given into gluttony. You know, anytime there's cookies around, you just cannot stop eating them. Or you're at a party and 
every time someone offers you a beer, you'll, you, you take it rather than stopping it at two or maybe three or keeping yourself to one an hour. I, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, then like you're, 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 you're gluttonous. <laughs> you're, mm-hmm. You need to practice. Um, I, I see, I have asceticism. What, what do you, what did you say? Temperance? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Temperance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I was just going to chime in and say how virtuous your wife was in her diligence of continuing to ask you right. over all of those years. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but, uh, well. no, oh, see, but I, if I could, cause you mentioned St. Thomas Aquinas. So, that kind of dovetails into the cardinal virtues. So we were, we were talking about the, um, sure, the capital virtues. So the cardinal virtues. There's only four of those, so we can b- bump over those pretty fast. But um, so these are these are acquired through practice, like you were saying. So we can we can either practice this, so we can learn it through education. We can learn it by observing others. We can learn it by just doing. Um, these are much more of, uh, of human, uh, virtues, right? Human developed kind of virtues over time. Yeah. That's what the catechism um, calls them as human virtues. Right. Right. And so the first one is prudence. So prudence is reactionary to external pressures. So, um, it's the ability to distinguish between good and bad and then, uh, taking the appropriate action. So uh, a good example of prudence would be like, let's say if uh, you need to get somewhere really quickly in your car, but you know that the area that you're going to be driving in, there is probably a pretty good chance that there's going to be a speed trap there. And so prudence dictates that you do what? You go the speed limit because why? (laughs) You're probably going to end up getting nailed. So it's doing the right thing. All right. It's, it's recognizing what to do and uh and then following through with it so that's prudence and then, and then that's a great example of kind of the human thing it's it's written in, in your heart i guess in your mind right yeah um, as far as it, that's pretty easy to pick up right another one is justice so uh you another jumping off point for this one would be uh rights so it's my right or somebody else's right it's it's when you so uh Thomas Aquinas talks about both of these uh, a lot. Um, prudence was uh, uh, was the primary cardinal virtue uh, in uh, St. Thomas Aquinas's view um, because it was concerned with the intellect, right? And then the second one had to deal with justice. And he said that that was the, uh, the second one um, because it deals with matters of the will. So Hmm. justice is the virtue that demands that we give everyone exactly what is due to them. So for instance, if a cashier gives you too much change, you recognize that they, they give it to you. And now, honestly, you could take it, right? But what's that little thing that happens in your head? You go, well, it wouldn't be fair. So what should you do? You should give it up. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it, uh, allows us to, uh, to see, uh, right and wrongs that are done not only to us, but to others. And, um, and so this dovetails really, really well with, uh, uh with natural law. Um, and so the, the important point that they, in this article that they also point out is that, remember, there's a difference between natural rights, which is attached to natural law, 
and legal rights, which is the law right. of land. Right? Yes. So what's more important? Natural law is the most important. So the things that go with natural law and natural rights would be primary and then legal rights would be secondary. Yeah. So, so your example of speeding there, if you, if you were going only if so your, your mo so motive is important, right? If you're going right. the speed limit because you'll get a ticket if you don't, is that a virtue? If, you, well, if you're just doing person. it, if you're just doing it to avoid getting a ticket, that doesn't seem like a virtue to me. That seems like uh, but it, it's, you, you just don't want to get caught. Yeah, but it's it has to do with intellect and intelligence. Yeah. So if, if you know if you know that something on the stove is going to be hot, you know your brain tells you that uh, well that might be hot. And what does your intellect tell you? Probably don't pick that up. Right. I guess my point is <laughs> if if you're only doing something, if you're only doing the right thing because you don't want to get caught, then yeah, when there's when there, when there's no way of getting caught. Are you going to have the virtue to avoid that bad behavior? I think, in some sense, you would be. Now, I, I disagree. I, I think, I think, if you're doing it, if you're only doing something not to get caught, then I think that flows into other areas of your life that you're you're going to. Well, right. You don't I have mean, you don't have that habit. Like this is the right thing to do. This is, <laughs> you know, not only is this prudent, are, but. Are you are you speaking of this in terms of what you should and shouldn't do? Are you speaking this in this, in terms of justification and merit for like some later reward? I, I'm just thinking about, <laughs> I'm just thinking about virtue, you know, okay. cause a virtue is a habitual, um, uh, what was that? What was, <laughs> I just forgot it. It's a habit. Um, Right, the uh, habit yeah. of doing uh, doing the 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 right thing or the the correct thing. A firm disposition to do the good, yeah. a habitual and firm disposition to do the good, yeah. and it doesn't say a, a, a habitual and firm disposition <laughs> to do things when you're when you're if you're going to get caught. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I guess I, that kind of goes with justice, I be, though. I might be splitting hairs here, but mm -hmm. I, I I think. I don't know. I think it's almost like we want to avoid sin because we love God so much, not just because we want to avoid hell. It's, it's a boat. That's kind of a, we, we want to avoid hell, right? Cause the flames seem pretty bad and eternal separation of God mm -hmm. would suck. Um, but we, I, the real motivation, the true motivation would be, we want to love, we, we, we want to avoid sin because we love God so much. It offends him. And that's bad. We don't want to offend God. We don't want to offend the person we love. So we avoid sin. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, so going the speed limit because you don't want to get caught. That's great. You're, you're not sinning there, but going the speed limit because Wow, that's the safe thing to do because this this road, you know, and this, this you could argue this point here, but um, this this road is was designed for travel at this certain speed, and it's the right thing to do. So we we right. go the speed limit. I think that 
what you're alluding to is is uh, what I was talking about in the beginning of mm-hmm. how these virtues are a good way to kind of start that conversation between um, just a, a secular conversation versus a theological conversation. Yeah. So you're right. So yeah, you're right. And and, and it leads uh, into we'll, we'll get into the theological virtues here in, in just a minute. And and what I you know what? I want to add time. That, are we? Oh <laughs> shoot. We are out of time. It's it's been a really good conversation, though. I, I think like we should keep more. going. No, I think we should keep going because you know what I want to do. What I was, and I, I haven't told you this yet, but um, we haven't talked about it yet. But what I'd like to do is for the, our next episode is because right now we've been theoretical. Mm-hmm. We haven't got into really specifically how do I practice? What kind of things do I do to make meekness a habit? Give me some specific okay. things to do, Mike and John. What what do I do if I want to if I want to overcome my sloth? And you know, you said to practice zeal. Well, what are how do I do that? How do I specifically give me some ideas for increasing in zeal? You said practice zeal. Well, you know, how do I do that? I'm almost done. <laughs> so close. Can we do this next time? Can we continue on? Because I've got That's like what I'm two saying. more of this one, and then I got to get into theological okay. virtues. We're so hit, close. I know. Just hit them. <laughs> I'll stop interrupting. Okay. Hit those, ver- hit, hit those virtues real quick. Do we have time, or should we just start a new one? No, we, we have we'll, enough we'll time. We'll cover it next time. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll cover it on our next episode. Okay. So the last two, right, are um, – so we talked about justice. Next one is fortitude. Okay. Another word for fortitude is courage. So in the Christian sense, fortitude is a virtue that allows us to overcome our fears and continue in our Christian tasks. So a, a great example of this were the 12 apostles before and after Pentecost. Mm-hmm. So before Pentecost, they were hiding out in the room for fear of their lives. After Pentecost, what are they doing? They're out there speaking in tongues. They're just you know, boldly expressing and stating the faith. Boom. So kind of the night and day of it. So remember that fortitude is not only an acquired virtue that we can learn through practice and example of others, but it's also one that uh, where the Holy Spirit can definitely reach into our lives and and kind of rock your world. So remember that fortitude is uh, telling us when to keep going versus temperance and this this look you know going back to the um uh the cardinal um or not the cardinal the the capital virtues of uh you know prudence and and whatnot but um anyway uh temperance is is again that internal of when to stop so it's it's talking about restraint and moderation of our desires um and remember, prudence dictates our actions based on externals, where temperance dictates our action based on internal stuff. Gotcha. Um, so now how, our discussion so far has been on the um, capital virtues and the cardinal virtues. So a- as we've been alluding to, we're, we're getting on the cusp of asking some really serious questions about morality and faith right of of why do i do what i do right i think these all these all point back just real quick here i know we got to move on but they all point back to 
morality and a higher good. Yeah. And and I think that takes eventually leads you to God. I don't think right, I'm of right. the strong opinion that you, you can't talk about virtue, you can't talk about what is right and wrong without eventually coming to a belief in in God. But go on, let's talk about the theological yeah, so virtues. Exactly. So the capital virtues are what is evident in nature, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's readily identifiable because we're talking about things that we can identify easily as good and bad. So we can talk about it in the sense of of just legalism, you know, those sorts of things and how to overcome one or one or the other. Um, the the cardinal virtues, on the other hand, we're starting to get into the weeds a little bit more. We're distilling all seven of those down to four. And so that starts getting a little bit problematic because we're trying to trying to justify things based on, um, you know, anyway. So when we get to the theological virtues, now these virtues, these are the ones that have been revealed by God, okay? These are the ones that the Catholic Church espouses. They're in the Bible, and we, we talk about them all the time. Anytime that we pray yep. the rosary, we talk about, uh, we ask uh, the Virgin Mary, Mother Mary, to Please help us increase our faith, our hope, and our charity. So the three, yep. three Was virtues. It, is it first, first Corinthians 13 right at the end there? Yeah. Yeah. So the first one, faith, the theological virtue that is, um, and this is a quote, um, the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. And there's a, a quote from uh, uh, St. Augustine, uh, Augustine, yeah, St. Augustine, that says, faith is to believe what you do not see, and the reward of faith is to see what you believe. Uh, that always hits me really hard. I, I love that. Um, but what we're talking about is this is our firm belief in God and all that he has revealed to us through the Holy Mother Church. This is what's uh, proclaimed in the gospel. Um, This is an intellectual virtue. Um, And if we're true to ourselves, if we really believe in God, we recognize that God is infallible, that he cannot be deceived, nor can he deceive, because he is pure truth. Mm -hmm. And, And barring purity uh, and full essence of anything would be less than God, right? And so being able to lie or deceive or anything would be less than, I mean, it just doesn't compute. It's not, uh, it's not truth, right? Um, So when we know that he has revealed all his truth in his church, and we will not be, uh, we would not deviate one little bit uh, from the church's teaching on faith and salvation. Faith manifests itself in how we handle our day-to-day lives, how we treat others, and our Catholic devotions. Um, It is written on our hearts, and all of our actions are a result of our faith. One of the ways we know we have true faith is if we are very afraid of offending God in anything, and we are very anxious to please him in everything. So that's that fear and trembling, right? That uh, you know, fear and trembling of God. And I think that 
you know, you hear that every once in a while. I think that gives a, it gets a bad rap in, in how that's phrased. Um, but the, the reality of it is, uh, like, I, I, I am fearful, always fearful of offending my wife or, uh, you know, somebody that I, that I truly love and, uh, and appreciate. And I, uh, out of context, uh, in context also, you know, I'm, I'm pleased and anxious to, uh, to please them in everything that I do. So that, that's recognizing that in, in God, right? Hope is the theological virtue that allows us to totally trust in Jesus. This is trust and courage, right? That's that, that temperance and, and uh, uh, um, ah, what was the other one? Um, diligence, right? Um, and then in the, in the, uh, uh, the fortitude, right? In, uh, in capital uh, yeah. virtues fortitude and temperance, right? Um, anyway, um, yeah, that, that we totally trust in Jesus and, is, and that we desire eternal bliss in heaven with him forever. Hope is a virtue of the will, and it helps us to keep going in the face of adversity, mockery, uh, and dry times. Um, it gives a great example is, uh, uh, of how, uh, how to kind of navigate this a little bit the, the idea of hope or the virtue of hope is that if we always, if we're wondering how things are going to come out in the end, always ask yourself, where am I going to be in a hundred years? And if your answer is heaven, mm-hmm. you know, everything else becomes pretty small yeah. and insignificant, especially when we uh, start meditating on the passion of Christ and what Jesus went through. You know, if, if we really look at what Jesus did on the cross for us, um, where our justification comes from, um, when, when you look at that, that, that is our hope. Uh, hope is fully trusting. It's, it's not a, um, a radical indifference to, a, a, you know, a reason at all. It's knowing full well that uh, I know that this is truth and I know that this is it, fundamentally um, my belief is solid in this and, and that, um, yeah, that I have hope and, and I know that this is going to come, come to pass. And then the last one is charity or love. And this is the theological virtue of love for God over all other things for his sake and for our love of neighbor and ourself. As St. Paul uh, tells us that love is the greatest of the three uh, theological virtues. Yeah. Um, Jesus left us two commandments to love God with everything that we have and uh, our neighbor as ourselves. So if we do these two things, then charity towards everyone, even our enemies become second nature to our wills. So that, uh, when you get to the, the theological virtues, um, you're operating at a really, really high level there. Um, it is difficult. It's very, very difficult to try to apply those, at least for me. It's, it's really, I can speak to them in, in terms of concepts, but how do I apply it to my life? And rubber meets the road types of things. It's mm-hmm. really difficult to, other than describing it, well, how do I put that into action, right? So right. that's where 
I, I think also in, in our discussion where we were kind of getting off in the weeds a little bit of, uh, you know, what is our motivation behind things? Well, our motivation should be, uh, you know, on our faith and our hope and in our charity, uh, you know, operating from those. And how do you do that? Well, you do that by downshifting into the capital virtues or the, the cardinal virtues or the capital virtues, however, uh, you know, meets the, uh, meets the situation. But I, I highly recommend that you take a look at this, uh, uh, this document that, that we were talking about. Uh, CatholicBible101.com, folks. Yeah, the, the virtues. It's a, a great resource. It does a really good job in uh, just four short pages of, of kind of lining these things out. And gosh, like, like I said before, if there were maybe one or two resources that I had before I came into the church that I knew about, if I had some touchstones like this, my life would have been so much easier um, if I could have shared these with others and, uh, you know, known them myself and, and really, really learn them. So if you're wanting to spend some time with things over Lent, Lent's coming up, um, I challenge you to, to jump into that, start identifying, start uh, reviewing these, the, the different virtues and how they kind of uh, pencil out and, uh, and try, to, try to practice these, uh, uh, identifying and, and trying to live those, those uh, um, capital virtues um, to overcome vices. To overcome ISIS? Vices. Oh, ISIS. vices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's too funny. All right, guys. we got to wrap this up. We've got... Um, so we've got next week, let's, let's do what I said. Let's talk about where the rubber meets the road for each of those virtues. I actually have... I will probably pull a lot of my information from... This DVD I have by Bishop Barron called Seven Deadly Sins, Seven Lively Virtues. Oh, nice. for, for, for virtues, he gets into what we can do, like specific things we can do to increase in each one of the virtues that counteracts the, 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 the sin, the capital sin. So let's hit that on our next podcast. So that's what, so sneak peek at what coming up next week in the meantime if you are struggling in your in your faith don't worry jesus did too he couldn't carry his cross by himself he had to have help from simon of cyrene and remember our our verse first corinthians 11 1 be imitators of me as i am of christ and with that Idaho podcast is shutting down for the night. St. Simon of Cyrene, pray for us. Pray for us.